Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Club. My name is Jessamie G. I am joined by the birthday girl, Miss Alice Edie. <laughs> I had a dream sitting here. I'm like, it's my birthday, guys. It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you had it locked it's and loaded. Happening. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, beautiful. Thank you. I fucking love birthdays. You love birthdays. It's one of our um, shared passions. Yes. Our birthdays, other people's birthdays. All the birthdays. Yeah. And if you are lucky enough to be watching this, um, not only listening, you'll notice that Alice is wearing a It's My Birthday badge. It is my birthday. <laughs> I also have next to me the the birthday hat that Jess had. I arrived. I walked in to Jessamy's house and like on the kitchen table was this beautiful bunch of flowers and next to it a big box of Ferrero Rochers, which longtime listeners will know is basically <laughs> my crack, and a little birthday hat and a little birthday badge. And then best of all... Best of all, because dreams come true, a bowl of Ferrero Rocher cereal, which has been truly one of my life goals and just entails a bowl full of smashed Ferrero Rochers and milk. And I fucking ate it with a spoon and it was a thousand percent as delicious as I always knew it would be. It fucking delivered on every level. I am so happy to have been able to deliver this (laughs) gift to you because I think it was like, it was maybe almost... A year ago? Or like, I knew. I remember you mentioning it. I'm like, locked. Got it. <laughs> locked and loaded on Alice's birthday. I'm going to have the Ferrero Rochers oh. in the bowl with the milk. She's going to, I'm going to make this girl's dreams come it's true. So it's the two best things in the world. <laughs> Ferrero Rochers meets cereal. Like what more, what more could you want? It was incredible. Thank you. You are welcome. Also, like <laughs> the funnest, like as we, you know, we speak about um, love languages a lot on this podcast and gift giving is my uh, number one yeah. love language. So it brings me so much joy to be able to gift you the gift of Ferrero Rocher cereal. Oh my, so good. And also, yeah, is it that feeling of, I also love it when you know you're doing a thing that's like a hundred percent going to hit the mark. Like yes. my friend AJ literally actually has a notes like a notes document on her phone where she writes down birthday ideas for people like throughout the year she's just got that list like quietly brewing in the background so when it comes time for your birthday she's like the most thoughtful gift giver because like eight months ago you mentioned that you love cow print or something random. That is such a good idea Mm. because I feel like even for Dan even for my fucking self, actually, like I think of things through the year, like, oh, that would be a nice, you know, there are things that are like, that are just really good present material mm. in that, like, it's something that is like, obviously that you like, but it's like a little bit too, okay, okay ex- perfect example. One of my favorite gifts I've ever gotten are a pair of like rose gold sparkly Ugg boots that Dan got me for my birthday, I don't know, years ago. Oh, I know them well. You know I them well. I am very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> for long-term <laughs> listeners of the podcast, yes, they are the piss slippers. And you can go back to listen to that episode to understand what I mean by that. But um, I love them because they're like, I don't need them, but also they are like useful. I use them all the time to keep my little tootsies warm. But like, do I need sparkly ones? No. And it feels like just that little bit too extra to go and buy it for yourself. Exactly. You know, like those sorts of gifts that they're not like crazy, like expensive things. They're things that are just like that little bit more fun or ridiculous or something than something you'd buy for yourself. Yeah, it's got to be, it's that intersection of like, like practical, 
practical enough that it means you've paid attention to someone's life and you've noticed like a potential gap, but also not 100% practical because if it was just solving a problem, then they could probably justify doing it themselves it has to be like I need to, <laughs> what's happening what's happening in your face <laughs> so I'm deciding whether to because my beautiful dad who I love more than life itself is a listener of this podcast so I'm just deciding whether or not it's okay to tell this story but I think it is because I <laughs> so <laughs> so my gorgeous wonderful dad is an extraordinarily practical person he's an accountant um, also very creative, I must say, but, um, very, very, very practical. And, um, I think he was not ever in charge of the gift purchasing probably for us <laughs> as kids. I love where this is going. <laughs> and it's, it's actually like incredibly sweet and thoughtful at its core. It's just, he doesn't quite get the, like, if it's only practical, maybe it's not like the thing for a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a caveat. So for, I think it was for my birthday last year, he got me hubcaps. <laughs> He's also previously bought me an electric toothbrush. Oh my God, I've, I've received the electric toothbrush from parents. But it's like, it yeah. is like, I would, I would much prefer something that's like super practical than like something that ends up, you know, in, in the bin yeah. and, is, and is wasteful. But it's, it's just a fun, it's just such a funny yeah. gift. But then like, so you sort of get, you're like, okay, like, thanks for, thanks for the hubcaps, dad. <laughs> but then the story behind it is, um, you know, obviously he'd noticed that like the hub, I was missing two hubcaps from my old piece of shit car. That's, you know, noticing something about your yeah. life. He sort out like where to get them from, ended up like going to pick apart and like going through stuff in the rain, finding the right ones. So it's like while, while it seems like a sort of absurdly almost practical gift, the like the layers of intention yeah. and and thoughtfulness behind it are, are really there. You just got to peel a little bit further, <laughs> a little bit further under the surface to find them. Also, I love you, Dad. Those ones, <laughs> those super practical gifts also, they kind of have a slow burn where they end yeah. up being the ones on the day itself you're not super pumped about. Yes. But then a year later, they're the ones that are still giving you just like a daily injection of joy because it's like a thing you use and it's actually making your life a bit better. And, and now because of the sentimental story attached to them you're like oh I'm deriving joy from my hubcaps who the fuck thought who saw that coming well (laughs) (laughs) so I think that's where something like the like the Ugg boots sit right because they're practical and that I use them all the time but then the extra layer of joy comes from the fact that they're sparkly well the way I think of it is is like it's it's your a way of mirroring someone but the best gift is to is to show someone back the the version of themselves that they love. So I always try to find a thing that's like a bit practical, but it's like, what are the things about that person that they like? Like all of us have the things about us that we hate, the things that are neutral, the things, the parts of us we're proud of. And I'm like, the best is if you give someone a gift that's in line with the, like, it's like how they want to be seen, right? That is such an excellent point. So when they're receiving yeah. it, it's like it's like a confirmation that other people recognize in them this aspirational yes. thing that they're like, oh, I, I really like love this about me. And like, look, my friends see it too. Oh, yeah. That is so it. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, I like I love that you think that I'm the person that would like to wear sparkly outfits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's I'm I'm happy that's with that. So like weird. A, yeah. that's a, that's good to know that that's how people see me. And that'll obviously be different for everyone, but like how does someone want to be seen? And then that's the thing. Oh, I'd never thought of it in that way before. <laughs> Can I just say like in uh, along the lines of like incredibly practical parental gift givers, my mom who is not a listener of the podcast. And in fact, I'm not even sure if she knows that we have a podcast, but um, she's amazing in many, many ways, but she is truly the world's most like deeply practical person. Mm. Um, and like anything, uh, any extreme character trait is a strength and a weakness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like the extent of my mom's practical gift giving would be like when we were kids and we still believed in Santa, it's like I'd, I'd hear from other kids, like what Santa gave them and Santa would be giving them like fucking Lego, or like toys, just like a bunch of fun plastic crap that you don't really need. And I was like, that's really weird because Santa gives me and my sister like, school stationery and also the like set works for next term (laughs) (laughs) Santa has given me before Santa has gifted my sister and I like paperweights that had the estate agent logo on them where my (laughs) where she used to work (laughs) that is yeah, when we were like too young to read it, it's like we just like cool. Look at this like weird object, and it was like no, it was just like a it was like a congratulations, Angela and Courtney, <laughs> selling <laughs> however many houses last year. You know what? I I would have probably fucking loved that as a kid. Like there was something. I mean, stationery to this day, love it, yeah, right? Yeah. Because it's it's the promise of a better me that oh. I that I never fulfill. Yes. <laughs> you know? The moleskin Ooh. that remains mm-hmm. like unused. Yeah. Look at my binder mm. look how many Ooh. tabs I have I'm gonna color code them <laughs> I'm gonna be one of no, these I'm people not. now never have never will no, it's, okay. it's all right um but yes yeah, station but also I remember like um at my dad's work when I was a kid also like going into dad's work as a kid like getting to go into his office yeah. oh like I remember like the smell of it it's just because it was a different world you don't understand anything about offices or corporate world or how that works you think everything is for you like we thought the phones were there so Julia and I could call each other from other (laughs) ends of the office and like the little like office toy things were there for us like wait sorry the office um, toy you know like things people have on their desk or like little (laughs) you know like there was like a um like a like beanbag frog thing that was always there, like yeah, hanging like the in a different bubble, place. The bubble heads on someone's yeah, keyboard yeah. or whatever. Sorry, yeah. I didn't explain that well at all. <laughs> like the the office, office toys, you know the ones. <laughs> I was like, do you know? <laughs> was this How an office? office? Yeah. <laughs> was this just playground? Oh, God, I just remember being so entranced by the idea of a photocopier machine. Oh, my God. Oh, what? and um, an overhead projector. Yes. I remember like drawing on the transparencies and putting it on the overhead projector. Like, it was like a playground yeah. for us, but I'm getting very excited about <laughs> dad's office in like 1990 now. But they had, the company he worked for had had a rebrand like not that long before. So they had a lot of stationery and probably stuff like, like pens and paperweights yeah. and whatever that was no longer useful because it had the old branding on it. And all just like as objects, because you don't have any understanding of like what branding is or any of that stuff, but they're all like 
exciting, weird objects that felt special because they were clean and new. And so I think that probably your mum's real estate paperweight, when I was at a young enough age, I would have been quite thrilled to receive. (laughs) Also also because I felt like, so she worked from home and I was so familiar with the logos of the various agencies Uh, that she worked uh with over the years. Like before before I understood even what they were or what they meant, but they were just like these markers of something that meant like mom's stuff. Yeah, Like mom's yeah. stuff just like says that word Seif or whatever it was, you know, whatever the company was at the yeah. time. And then, yeah, we'd get like rolls of stickers. Like, yeah. There's something also maybe about the volume of it, like corporate, you're like, it's not yes. one thing. It's like a roll of like 500 stickers or paper with logos or I don't know. Or like opening their stationery cupboard and it was like, oh my God. <laughs> what is this Santa's workshop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it all happens. Wow. It was really cute the other day. Um, I'd been having this conversation with Tom around at uh, when we were in grade nought, which is in South Africa, like the kind of kindergarten level. Oh, mm-hmm. And uh, they had like a Santa was coming into school. So obviously all the parents had to buy gifts to pre-give the Santa and then your kid would get the gift. Yeah. And all the kids were getting like whatever, like fun plastic toys. And I was so excited. And that was the year the GAC was the thing. Do you remember this? Oh, my God. <laughs> Memory yes. unlocked. Right? GAC. Right? And I'd seen the ad on TV and I just was convinced. I was like, this is my destiny. Like my destiny is GAC. There's no other way that this could possibly go. And like a bunch of the other kids had gotten it. I was like waiting, waiting, waiting. And then it came to my turn and Santa gave me a fucking illustrated encyclopedia. Like, thanks. Thank you for this. Like actually on reflection, quite a beautiful object and like a really, probably something that I would now buy a friend's child. Yeah, and they'd be like, where's my gag, yeah, bitch? Like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> but I was just so gutted. Like all you want when you're a kid is oh. the like gross plastic tacky or whatever. Yeah. And Tom ordered some online and it arrived the other day and I was so happy. I was like completely, I was like, this is the best. But then, so he's like, so I'm like, thank you. And then I put it on my desk, like nice, I could see it. And he's like, are you, are you not going to open it? Yes! Yeah. And like genuine, that didn't even occur to me. I was like, no, but it's, it's like so the precious. Object, yeah. The object, it's like, the, I've got my gack. Like the value of gack is not for me. It didn't even cross my mind to play with it. I was like, no, but it's like this thing that means that someone's listened to me, they've loved me, they've put in this effort to do yes. this really thoughtful thing. Like that will feel better than whatever slimy deliciousness is inside that plastic <laughs> container. I remember how Gak smells. Like I can pull up that oh. memory in my mind. Did you open it? No. It's you on my desk now. It's, I don't know if I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you, it's your birthday. You can do whatever the fuck you no. want. Oh yeah. It wasn't even for my birthday. It was just as like a cute. Oh, I thought this just happened. No, like, sorry. Did... No, this happened like six months ago. Tom, you cute. I know. Podcast shout Stop out to it. Tom. Um, oh, that's, I, I know what you mean though with those like, do you want to keep the, yeah. keep it as a symbol yeah. or like play with it. Gak, by the way, what, I don't know if it's genius or just like the height of stupidity, but I guess it's genius because I'm very surprised to hear it still exists. But it's not even like Play-Doh that you can make stuff out of. It's no. just like slime that kind of feels nice to handle and smells weird. Like to my memory, it doesn't do anything else. But also even, I mean, 
as as we've established, <clears throat> excuse me, like I never I never owned my own, but from what I can see of every fucking other kid and their gag, is like within four hours, it's disgusting. It has crumbs, it has your dog oh, hairs yeah. in it, you've <clears throat> dropped it on the floor yeah. in the kitchen. Like it's not even, I mean, I don't know. Is this why? also why you're not opening it? Because you don't feel like you could be a responsible <laughs> GAC owner? <laughs> it's given me way too much credit. It genuinely, I think that was just the part that surprised me was every now and then you realize, you know, when your automatic response to something is so automatic to you that it's shocking to hear that there's any other way to think about yeah. the thing. And it was yeah. just that moment of like, it, it just didn't cross my mind that it would be a thing I'd open and play with. I was like, it's so precious. <laughs> It's a fun, like, I think of that with, um, you know, people who collect toys or whatever and that's their thing, which I understand from a, like, no, I guess the whole point of this conversation is to say I don't understand. (laughs) I understand it logically, you know, but I can't, like, viscerally understand getting a thing and not playing with it. Or it's like, you know, having, like, your, like, your special pair of shoes that you'd never wear out or whatever, or that you're so, like, you're so nervous about you can't enjoy them. Yeah. Which does mean I ruin things a lot more than people <laughs> But <laughs> you do love that. it, but you enjoy them. Yeah, but I like, and I think it's not, this is not like a value judgment yeah. on one way or the other, but it's exactly that thing of, like, when you're, like, you're so sure of, like, the, the correct use of something for you mm. that it's, yeah, it's like a, like, what do you mean take it out and play with it or the opposite would probably be true for me. Like, what do you mean just, like, sit there and look at it? Like, don't you want to feel the gack in your yeah. fingers? Isn't that the whole point of gack? Yeah, no, and you're right because it's 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 almost like the equivalent of having those plastic covers on your sofa forever, which was such a thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people still do it, but I haven't really seen it as much. But I remember growing up it was kind of like a thing some people's parents would have, like, the sofa yeah. covers and yeah. stuff or some people's grandparents would have that. And I understand this idea of like taking care of something that, especially if it's like a lounge suite or something was expensive, people want to take care of it. They want it to last and look good, but also to what end? So you you never sit on your actual sofa. You're never comfortable, but at the end of all of it, you can like reveal it and it's still in perfect condition. It's like, well, and then you just close your eyes (laughs) and die. die. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, I suppose it's like people not wanting to get, tattoos or whatever and you're like well you're fucking we're all going to one place like you're not gonna yeah this doesn't end perfectly yes just just ride <laughs> just just ride it into the ground you know that's funny you should say that actually because I'd my first tattoo I got like what maybe two two and a half or three years ago now it was definitely like it was in between lockdowns and I I was sort of, I had amazed myself that I'd gotten that far without getting a tattoo, but I just never like, there was never anything that like resonated enough for me to want to put it on my body. And I just, yeah, I was like, I don't know, maybe one day certainly wasn't against the idea. Kind of always thought that I would very happy that I didn't have any money to when I wanted to at 16, because Mm -hmm. I would definitely have like a tribal tramp stamp barbed wire. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, But I feel like it's about to come back around again now. So, you know, Um, but so I think in the like depths of COVID, Melbourne lockdowns, et cetera, 
the sort of like like bodies are here to be enjoyed, life is here to be lived. Mm. It was almost like a um like a I'm trying to think of how to phrase this properly. Me saying like we we all end up in the same place. It was almost like an acknowledgement of mortality, but that sounds much more bleak than it was. It was more like a like it does it actually doesn't yeah. matter. Like you like that pattern and that's what it ended up being. It's just like a like a traditional Japanese textile pattern that I just like and I just put some of it on my shoulder. I'm like done. That's it's That was it. So but I think that there's so much to be said for this idea and I think it's becoming more and more part of it now but like finding a design that you think is beautiful rather than needing yeah. something to be so overwrought with like yeah. infused meaning. And I think that it was maybe like a early millennial, you know, we were teenagers just as the trend of like reality TV tattoo shows came out. Mm. And those are always stories. It's never just someone who's like, Hey, I saw a cool thing and I'm getting it tattooed. Like they, yeah. they self-select for dramatic stories and it's always some, someone's died, someone's lost someone. It's like major life event that's in some way going to be commemorated by this like super meaningful piece. Yeah. Which is fine. It's one way to do it. But like, I think it it became like a thing where you had to have some kind of like incredibly quote unquote, like deep reason for it. And you're like, no, yeah. it's, you can decorate your body in the way that humans have been decorating our bodies with makeup, with jewelry, our hair, with clothes forever. That is like yeah. a very ancient and very like that in itself is a good enough reason to put something on your body. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's exactly, you worded it perfectly. Like that was where my brain was at in the moment was like, I just want to, like I'm in this thing, life is weird and uncertain, like decorate it yeah. with stuff that makes you happy. Yeah. It doesn't have to have a point or a purpose. It's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we haven't spoken about this on the podcast, have we? Just in the newsletter. <gasps> That you did your yes. first tattoo. Yes. We actually haven't even, like, you and I haven't even had this conversation, oh, like, yeah. offline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I fucking did. Congrats. So for newer listeners who may not be aware, Alice is um, at the start of a new career journey, a career change yeah. from illustration into tattooing. Speaking of massive imposter syndrome, there it is. Well, but you you did it. I did. So it's been what was significant about last week was it was it was a year since making the decision to do the shift. And just in my head, I was like, I really want to within that year, like it's been I've been practicing in the background, like you can get all this fake skin. So I've been tattooing fake skin for a year, just kind of like learning how those tools work in, you know, which ways are they similar to drawing? Which ways are they different to drawing? All that kind of stuff. But yeah, I just love the idea that like within that, within that year before my birthday this year to have just done at least one tattoo on yeah. a, on a human. And it's taken frustratingly long because I was finishing my master's and then I've been getting back into work. So it's felt, it's, I'm like, I'm so fucking ready and so hungry for it. But yeah, so I, I found an amazingly generous tattooist who sat with me last week and he helped me and I did my first tattoo on a human and it was on me. It was on my thigh and I did, um, it's the, just the wing of a Cape Monarch butterfly, which is very common in South Africa. So yeah, a little, just a little piece of home, little stick and poke it's number. Beautiful. Thank you. My Congratulations. Um, thank you. It's, it's something that I know, I mean, 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy with how it came out. I definitely also know that in time I will look back and be like, fucking, this is so clear, you know, did that wrong, whatever, but like, but that is the point. And I love that, you know, you have this thing that's, it's going to change over time as it settles in, but like, I'm also going to change over time. And, and yeah, yeah. First step. And yeah. But I think you will continue to love it because it's part of your story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. And I think also just sharing it, I had a, I, I kind of just was like, fuck it. I'm putting it out there. This was very inspired by you, Jess, by the way, I need to say, cause you're like so good at being like an idea is not a real thing while it's just bouncing around inside your head. And like you've, I've seen even in, well, in the five years that I've known you, but especially in the last year that we've kind of worked together on this podcast, like you get the idea and you are like fucking share it, put it in the world, throw it out there, like see who it resonates with, where it bounces. Like maybe, maybe it works out the way you had it in your head. Maybe there's a different version of events that comes back as a response, but like it cannot become anything real until you've shared it. Just so scary. It is so, <laughs> and, um, and thank you, darling. That's really lovely yeah. to, to say. And it's, yeah, it's definitely been a, a journey for me to get to that Um that point of realizing that. And sometimes like, you know, it means I've put half baked shit out in the world that probably could have used a little longer in the oven, but that's okay. <laughs> you can find where the happy medium sits. But, um, but yes, but it is scary. And so tell me what happened as it's, a result. Oh, well, I literally got fucking booking like so many, <laughs> so many bookings. I'm like, it's what? Booked and blessed. <laughs> So, so they're all, um, at the moment it's like all free stuff. It's not, I'm, yeah, it's very much with the caveat that I'm like, I'm a baby, I'm a beginner. I wouldn't offer to do it if I didn't know it. Like it's, it'll be good. It's not going to be perfect. And that's part of it. And especially with a stick and poke, like a hand poke, that's kind of part of that aesthetic. And that's part of what's poetic and beautiful about it. And also they can come back in six months and I'll. I'll fix yeah. it up and, and we can like do touch-ups and stuff. And but it's pe- crazy. Yeah. I'm so fucking proud it's, of you, Alice. <laughs> I'm so fucking proud of Thank you. you. And yeah, and the people who are putting their hand up for that, they're not like, oh, I'm tolerating this because she's new. Like that would be the thing that appeals yeah. to them about doing is like I get to be part of the start of this story. How exciting. And not like the tattoo that you made on yourself is fucking beautiful. I, I'm talking like, like it'll be a bit shit, but they won't mind. Like it looks, <laughs> what you're doing looks to me incredible. Like it's Thank there's nothing love. about it that says beginner to me Thank at you. all. Love, it's gorgeous. I, I love, thank you. I'm so, can I just say like while I was doing it, I was like, thank fucking God I did not start this at 16 because all of my friends, all of my friends would be, have been covered. Like if I'd known how good this was in high school, I would have just like fucking covered so many friends in what would have by now been like 25 years old, very dodgy tattoos. So. But you would have had a great I know. time. <laughs> no. I'm like, I'm not really seeing the downside. I would have loved it. I would have loved it. And it was always there, but I, I don't know why. Yeah. Sometimes You know those things that are just so obvious that sometimes you don't let yourself see them? Yeah. Like I can track this back. Even in year 12, like we had to do a week where we job shadowed someone in their place of work. And it's like I went to the fucking tattoo shop in our local mall. and Did worked you? At, yeah. Like, I mean, it was that 17-year-old me yeah. knew. 
But sometimes the things just have to line up at the right time in the right way. Like it can be, like I don't think it's useful to think like, I'm trying to think there was an example of this recently but it's not coming to mind. Like, oh, like why didn't I realise this five years ago or ten years ago or whatever. It's like because for what, like you didn't for some good reason, you know, like things weren't there, you weren't ready to make a change you wouldn't have been as good at it you you're better now after having this many years of different styles of illustration I'm making things up here but it's it didn't happen then because it didn't happen then do you know yeah. like there's there's no use of being like oh I wish I'd done this a million years ago it's like you know sometimes I catch myself thinking that about like um like physical stuff, like, oh, what if I'd like played a sport or been more active when I was a teenager? And then I'm like, but there is no world in which 13-year-old Jessamie was going to the gym. Like there yeah. is just not a world in which that would ever have happened. So it's completely yeah. pointless, like going back and like what, rewriting those stories in your yeah. imagination because like she was smoking ciggies and <laughs> macking out with boys. Like that's it. She had she was too fucking busy. She was very busy. Shit. But also, yeah, and I mean it is such a it's it's almost like such a meaningless statement to try and yeah. move time around. It's like being at uni and being like, wow, wow, uni is cool. If only I'd done this when I was 10. <laughs> right. I'd have yeah, a fucking yeah, PhD exactly. by now. You're like, yeah, but yeah. you couldn't have because that's not who you were. Because yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly right. But um what kind of tattoo are you going to give me? What? Any and all. You got a free. You got a free forever voucher. I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, Can we do it soon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I want to be at the start love. of the story. <laughs> so one of my yeah. friends actually, Marion, had a really great suggestion, which is like she said to choose something really small, and then because the the tattoo that I did last week's on my thigh, and kind of choose something small, and then every year redo that same image so that over time you get to see the change like you can track the I don't know what it would be but something that's kind of like similar enough that you could see the the kind of progression over time oh that's a cute idea yeah I love that I love that because it's also it's working with imperfection in the beginning as Mm. a that's like you're factoring that into the the design it's not something to correct it's something to like that's part of the story. Can you tell me about what it was like doing it on yourself? Mm, it was so what was interesting was so I sat with um I sat with a tattooist and he he was amazing. He was so so generous with his time and I'm only not mentioning him by name because I don't know like uh, how we would feel about it and that industry can be sometimes strange, but um but basically he was incredible and like we we'd both sterilized like both of our hands and and everything was sterile and we'd kind of pass the needle back and forth and he'd show me, he'd poke one line and, and kind of teach me and then hand the needle over and then I would poke and he'd kind of give me feedback while I was doing it and then go back and kind of correct or show me how to to like think about different parts or how to maybe do stuff differently. So it was super, super helpful. But what was really interesting was I mean, it's obviously fairly painful, like you're putting a needle into your skin repeatedly. But it was so much more painful when he was doing it. And he was going much shallower than I was. Like in the beginning, I was going way too deep because my kind of reference point for skin depth was pain-based. Like I was kind of 
feeling oh. the pain when he was doing it and then I was trying to replicate that pain. But because I'm, when I'm doing it, I'm concentrating so much, the pain is secondary to that. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was I don't know. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. For some reason I thought maybe it would be the other way around, like it would hurt less when the other yeah. person is doing it. I no. guess it's probably different individual to individual as well. But It was just also beautiful, like something I wasn't expecting because I've been working with the electric, um, the electric pen needle thing. Yeah. Um, and this was hand poke was just like slowing it down and mm. how beautiful that practice was like sitting with someone and and taking two and a half hours individually kind of manually putting each single dot in your skin yeah. and like something about building that time with someone yeah and yeah it's it's just such a beautiful practice to sit with another human and and thinking about it kind of really made me think back to COVID as well and, like, that hunger, that skin hunger of, like, two years of not fucking feeling another human touch your skin. And yeah. there's just something that's so beautiful about this intimacy of, like, someone's got to be touching you the whole time. You know, there's, like, this body-to-body, this skin contact, there's fucking blood and fluids and, like, you've obviously got to be really, really careful around yeah. hygiene and, and all of those kind of things. But, like, it's so intimate and then adding mm. that extra level of time to mm. it oh, it was it it made me so excited honestly just made me so excited I was like this is a beautiful practice I love it yeah so exciting you're so, doing it yeah imposter no more I mean massive imposter yeah. well <laughs> massive fucking imposter <laughs> I mean even like honestly even speaking about it now to you but knowing that this is recorded and knowing that that recording exists and what like I'm I'm feeling nervous. It's scary. It's yeah, like in a good way, but it's that. scary talking yeah. about this thing because I'm like, fuck, I'm such a baby. Yeah, but that's but yeah. okay. Yeah, that's how things start. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can't jump in halfway through. got to start at the start. Yeah. I keep, <laughs> I keep thinking that just being being a beginner at a thing. Yeah. yeah. How are you going with, like, I feel like there was a stage last year and maybe – I don't know, maybe not as much this year, but like last year you were doing so many new things. Maybe you are this year as well, but I'm just, I'm thinking specifically around like the burlesque and kind of like the hoops. Like it felt like you were beginning a lot of things. Yeah. Are you still or are you? I like, I'm definitely seduced by like the shininess of something new. Um, But I'm trying, like I think we've spoken about this in a few recent episodes, like trying to kind of, edit yeah a little bit more just because like I love doing that and it's really fun but when it gets to a point where like things all line up at the same time you know things that are and then things that are meant to be fun become a chore because you just like put too many of them in together and also like we've spoken about this recently too but like if you're spreading your attention too thin then just being like and not that the point is to be like really good at a thing when it's just a hobby, but like the the more time you spend on it, if the better you are at it, the more enjoyable it is. Yeah, really, you know. So it's not about like winning a thing or being the best. But I did an interesting exercise last week around that idea of editing. Um, just thinking about why, like why I want to do all the things that I do, which was interesting right because he's like oh because I like it because I like it but there are actually different reasons so like you know so for 
CrossFit, for example, for me, that's mainly about community more than anything else. Well, community and keep, you know, and that's my like daily fitness thing. So fitness, community, and like learning new skills. Cause there's a lot of like, there's, cause there's a bajillion different things in it. You can never be good. There's like oh, gymnastics and weightlifting and yeah, it's a real like massive, um, like cross section of different types, hence the name CrossFit. This is honestly, like, I, I did not know this. And yeah. Like, yeah. Ne- it's been like a closed box. I'm like, it's in te- there's ropes. I don't know. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Seeing all of you motherfuckers who are like people who do CrossFit always talk about CrossFit five years. She doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, there's basically all that to say. There's always something new to learn in that. But so, and this was coming into my mind because I'm this weekend, um, there's a CrossFit competition on, which a bunch of people from our gym are doing. It's like, it's low stakes, fun, like a partner thing. Um, but, and it will be fun and it does definitely tick the community box because there's a bunch of people going and doing it. And my partner, Claire, who I love dearly, you know, we'll have a great time doing it together. She is much more competitive than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> it's going to be okay. But I think potentially in future, having done that epi- that exercise, um, maybe I'll be less inclined to enter competitions in the future. It's something that I've done and really enjoyed in the past, but I think that's when I was sort of more on a trajectory. Cause like, I guess with many things, like when you start, you've got a pretty steep traje- trajectory upwards and that yeah. like you're starting from zero. So you're constantly like getting fitter, stronger, learning more and more of the new skills. And then you sort of get to a point where you plateau a bit and you can definitely still like keep learning new skills and stuff, but it just, the progress gets slower and slower. So I think it's really fun when you're in that like uphill climb, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this thing and this thing and this thing. And it's super fun, but I'm not actually sure that that serves my intention of like community Mm. fitness and building new skills. So like that might be, so it's not like cutting out that activity entirely. It's just looking at it and being like, why do I actually, what is it about this that I love that kind of serves me the most? And so within that, like, do I need to do every single part of it? Probably not. Yeah. It kind of reminds me about our conversation last week or the week before around the things you want to do and the things you want to want to to do. Mm. And it's, it's not quite the same thing, but I often notice that it's worth reflecting on sometimes a thing that made you really happy that you can't keep doing the same things necessarily because the rest of your context has changed. So that thing doesn't necessarily bring you the same joy that it used to. It doesn't fit the role that it used to. Mm. And sometimes you just like accept, you're like, oh yeah, I do that. Like I like, I do this cause I like this. Yeah. And you're like, well, maybe, but also maybe it's okay. It's also okay if it doesn't feel the same anymore. Like maybe there's something else or. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's less that probably because I do like, and I would love to do all of the things and all of the parts, but it's like, if I want to do that, like, and dancing and running and whatever other things, it's like, it, it was useful to me to look at it and be like, well, what parts kind of matter the most and what can be sort of, mm. yeah, like scaled down a bit. And it's actually not because of a like wanting to want to. Like I want to. Like I want to do all the things that there just aren't enough hours in the day to do all the things and then it just becomes like we're saying items on the to-do list yeah. and that's not 
the point. Yeah, or you're like <laughs> rushing to finish one because you've got to get to the next thing to get to the next yeah. thing. You're like, how did I just turn the things that I love into homework? Yeah, like, yeah. that's yeah. not. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this is a bit of a long bow to draw, but speaking of homework. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> Did I do so, the values thing? No. Oh, that's not what I was going <laughs> to ask. I fucked myself. You just fucked yourself up, girl. Oh, shit. I will, um, though. Okay. It's a great fine. exercise. Um, well, if you don't know what we're talking about, don't worry about it. Put a yeah. pin in it. You'll find out maybe <laughs> next week. Who knows? Um, no. So I've been doing some work at a high school this week. So I work quite a lot with schools and I love it. It's one of my favorite work to do is within education. So this was working with teachers. So, but it could be with teachers or with students. I just think it's uh, real fun and it's a really good application of like graphic recording and visual communication. Um, I've had a particular interest in the last little while about around um, the, like how uh, like visual organization and visual thinking can help kids in their study. Um, and also in sort of like understanding content in a different way, how they collaborate on things, how they note take all that sort of stuff. Unsurprisingly, a big deal in schools at the moment is chat GPT. Yeah. It's basically fucking like just chucked a bomb in the school system and everyone's like, fuck, what do we do with it? And you can ban it or whatever, but, like, you can't, essentially the the cat's out of the bag, Pandora's box Mm -hmm. is opened, that's it. So one of the fabulous speakers they had at this conference this week um, was talking about how essentially this is probably going to mean the death of the essay as assessment, which I think fuck yeah, that's great. It basically means they have to completely rethink how they're doing assessment, which is long, long, long overdue already anyway, right? Um, But this is exciting to me and I realised a couple of things. Firstly, like the role of the kind of work that we do in that could be super interesting and I'm very excited to explore that a little bit more. But I was thinking back on my own experience of school Cause I never really like, I don't feel like I ever knew how to study or how to take notes, which is hilarious because I take notes for a living now. <laughs> so funny. Like particularly teachers say like, oh, you must have like been great doing yeah. this at school. I'm like, I had no idea how to do this at school. I was like, I was doing this on the tables and yeah, getting yeah, detention. Yeah. I was too busy drawing angels crying. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the tear with a, with a mascara. Going. Yeah. Yeah. Or like so a te- like an eye with a tear, but then the world in the tear. <gasps> And maybe it's on fire. so deep. Just love it. I've got wings. Yeah. <laughs> no one gets you. <sighs> yeah. Yes, I was a teen god, <laughs> if you're wondering. <laughs> um, but I, I, like, despite my best efforts, I did okay at school. <laughs> like, I was very not, um, I was not very studious, as in I didn't, I didn't care a lot. Um the social aspects of school were much more important to me. <laughs> but I still did pr- pretty well. And this is going to make me sound like a dick, but I found school relatively easy. And I think that happens for people who are good at writing. 
um, and who can, who I wasn't good at learning. I was good at school, which is a totally different thing. So if I look at Dan, for example, he is someone who is so interested in learning that school was horrible for him because the school system, at least the ones that he and I were in, was not, were not set up for people who genuinely want to learn. So he was sort of basically looked at as being like disruptive or a naughty kid because he had questions. Which is so, like knowing Dan, it's so he wild. He has so many me. questions. I mean, he has so <laughs> many questions. But like in the right context, you're yeah. right. Like that's the difference between school as an institutional structure yeah. and learning as an ideal. Because like if what you are after is learning, Dan is exactly who you want in that conversation because like yeah. he is so curious. He's got a million questions. He wants to know. Yeah. But yeah, if you're talking about school as a structure where X amount needs to be delivered and these worksheets and these tasks and these assessments, like that's that that would be disruptive, right? Because though yeah. if if the boxes you need to tick as the teacher are not the same as the boxes that Dan is asking questions about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, he so he left school halfway through year 12, took a year off school. Obviously, like I can imagine, I can imagine why everyone would be pissed because you're like, you're so close, dude. You're so close. Just hang in for the last six months. And he's but he had so had it by that stage. He took a year off school and went, I'm gonna spend half my time at the skate park and half my time in the library. And I reckon that's why Dan has one of the best general knowledges of anyone I've ever met is uh, largely due to like that year of self-education. Like I don't know any fucking 17-year-olds. Well, I didn't when I was 17. They seem to be a lot smarter now. Oh, they're way smarter. (laughs) (laughs) But I certainly wasn't. Like if I was taking a year off to like to off my own back decide to spend half my time at the library learning because I wanted to learn. This is a kid who was like basically shoved out of the school system who just fucking wanted to learn. Isn't that insane and like such an appalling reflection on the school system that this kid had to be like, well, fuck it, like I'm just going to go and spend my time at the library. He did go back and finish year 12 at a different school after taking that year off but I just think yeah. it's wild to him I mean like firstly at that age if I'd taken a year off I would have just smoked weed for the entire year and mm. done absolutely fucking nothing I'm sure he did plenty of that too <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but like yeah that's incredible I also think it's it's testament uh, there are a few things there but just testament to a really healthy way of thinking about it that half the time was at the skate park like it wasn't because I think if his plan had been to be like this monk and spend 100% of the time in the library, what would have happened would have been an intense two weeks and then never again. Yeah. But the fact that like half of the time was structured was going to be play. Yeah. So that well, when he was at the, you know what I mean? He like bought, he intuitively had like a sense that you'd need both if you were going to sustain that for a year. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure that he would necessarily have seen it as play though like he was pretty seriously into skating as a kid so it would have been more like I'm gonna I'm gonna get to be a really fucking awesome skater and learn some stuff so like but yeah like it's essentially is play I think it's like to me like that is like I'm in love with 17 year old Dan and 41 year old Dan (laughs) but I just think that is so fucking cool like I 
yeah, anyway, this isn't just just to talk about how cool my husband <laughs> is, but I just think it's it's really interesting now re- reflecting on that and thinking about my experience and being sort of conscious of it at the time, like being like sort of feeling like I kind of like I've got the cheat codes, yeah. like kind of feeling like I'm I'm getting away with not learning, which I didn't care about when I was 16, 17, because I, I didn't value it that much. But I think by the time I was so disappointed in university, it's why I only stayed there for a hot minute, but it's sort of been built up as this thing that was going to be so different. It was going to be so different from high school. And I think by that stage, I, I wanted to learn at least somewhat more than I did the year before. But it was, you know, I was studying uh, whatever it was, like a design degree. I was excited about this like big different thing where you're going to have all this independence and be treated like an adult and and then getting there and being like, this is exactly the fucking same and I still have the cheat codes and not knowing how to learn in any other way. I did... I I guess the the point of all this to say is like with this, what's happening right now with this complete rethink of assessment, that would have served me really well, I think, because I would, I mean, I'm sure I would have pushed back on it somewhat at the beginning. So I'm like, no, you're taking away my keys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it would have forced me to actually learn. Like I don't remember shit from high school. I'm sure most people don't, but I'm like, like nothing. Yeah. No, like I'm almost sure I learned nothing. I totally, I totally in in a different way, but can relate to that idea of feeling like there was definitely a window where I felt I could game that system and that it had nothing whatsoever to do with learning or intelligence. But yeah. it just so happened that of a group of 30 kids in a class, some of them happened to have, you know, they're all varying kind of skill sets some have the particular skill sets that align with the way that assessments were done. Exactly. I was one of those kids. And I remember afterwards, like that rude awakening of kind of getting to the later years of uni where it did, it required way more, firstly, like self-driven investigation, self-structured investigation. Like the writing side of it was luckily always something I felt fairly confident in, but definitely like the ability to learn and to kind of like, marshal my attention and and like focus on a thing and and especially a thing that projects that were bigger than what you could do in one night like that like because I never had to learn how to learn right and that and I mean I'm so grateful for it now but it was like massive fucking the floor falling out from under it underneath you and I was I literally was like oh my god am I gonna be one of these like did I peak in high school like that was like a real, that was like a deep, yeah. dark, like fear of mine. I think basically the whole way through my 20s. Yeah. I was just like, oh, fuck. Like you thought, you thought you were going to be okay. Something. You yeah. thought you were going to be okay because you happened to be good at being a fucking in grade eight or whatever. Yeah. Or grade 10 or whatever the different yeah. years. Are. And I was like, wow, that is in no way related to anything. Well, and that's it. I, th- I think you sort of. I don't know who who the you is in this sentence, but you just sort of make the mistake of thinking that's that it's an advantage to have the certain you know skill set or whatever that happens to work with that particular assessment process. And yeah, okay, so it's an advantage to you 
like having an easier time at school. But in terms of life, it's it's a yeah. massive dis- disadvantage in a lot of ways. Because, I yeah. totally agree with that. It's like yeah. if I had a kid, I would never want a kid getting a getting like A grades through high school. Like that would stress. I'd be like the world is going to fucking hurt when you land because like this means nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, but from the system that we grew up in, sure. But hopefully like whatever this fucking new assessment thing is, which might even not look anything like ABC, not only just like the way it's tested, but the the result as well could be something completely different where it does actually give you some. Yeah good feedback. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, just interesting to sort of reflect on that this week and think like how, like teaching, teaching someone how to learn is so much harder. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they're like, that's why people haven't done it yet because it's really hard. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, it's like fostering curiosity, right? Yes, exactly. It's like finding ways to not forget the why and and like to keep asking that stuff. But I, I also did a job recently in a similar vein. It was also within an educational context and the the chat GPT came up. It's a biggie. It's yeah. a huge one. And it was really interesting. Like there were a few speakers talking on it, but the one person made this point where there were, there were pros and cons, right? Like half of them were like, absolutely not. It's got to be out of the classroom. We've got to find a way to regulate it. And then the other half just being like, the you horse can't. is, has yeah. left the barn, like is yeah. way it's, it's happened. And they were talking about ways to rethink teaching where you, they factored it in. Yeah. So for example, they would, instead of setting the essay topic and a bunch of kids going and just asking ChatGPT to write it, as a class, they would ask ChatGPT to write it. And then the kids would grade that essay and give reasons why. So not only like, not only just be like, yes, that's a good sentence or no, that one isn't, but actually like in their own words to express why that argument worked, that one didn't, that part was clumsy, that was, yeah. you know. I love that. So smart. Yeah, that's it's, so clever. Yeah. And, yeah, and obviously there are going to be opportunities and threats with any of this stuff. So it's not to say, like, yes, it's just a great thing that we have to embrace mm-hmm. or, like, no, it's just the devil and we have to keep it out of the classroom. Like both kind of yeah. sides of that coin need to be considered. But it would be just like insanely naive to be like, la, 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 close your eyes and put your hands over your ears and be like, it's not going to happen. Like it's happening, dude. It's It's happened. happened. It's happened. Yeah. It's happened. It's uh, I suppose like anything, it's like a tool. A hammer is neither a good nor a bad thing. It depends. Are you building a house or are you smashing someone's head in? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the amount <laughs> of speakers that I've I've heard recently, because again, like a lot of the conferences and events I'm working at this does some version of this comes up and the amount of people who are saying I use chat GPT to write this talk now obviously they are not putting the input into chat GPT and then reading reading out the exact output but they're using it as an antidote to that like looking at a blank page and being Mm. like what the fuck am I going to write well it's it's providing the first draft but it's like writing is in the editing so really like exactly get shit on the page and then move it around why is is that what you mean and if it's not what you mean it's now easier for you to clarify or explain or unpack what that would be yeah and I'd be almost certain that the end point would be like 80 to 90 percent different from the start point but it's just to have Mm. some 
some structure in there to to work around because there's nothing worse than like you open a Word document and you've got the like flashing cursor and you're like, well, what now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, like it's famously the the painter looking at the blank canvas. It's like yeah. a lot of painters will literally just like slosh, smear paint on that canvas and then paint a base layer kind of over that because you're not going to see any of it in the final, but it's just so much easier working over something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I gave it a go because of our um hor- our horrible thing that we do with our guests where we get them to read their own bio <laughs> at the start of every interview episode. I've been very aware of wanting to rewrite my bio. So I put some, I get, let chat GPT have a go and uh, it wasn't great. But it was, but it was a good start. And what it did was it got me to start doing the activity. Mm, yeah. So the, again, like the end point of that, which still, I'm not, I don't feel like it's got the right tone, you know, I just can't yeah. get the the right tone in there. Anyway, it's a work in progress. Um, but the main value for me in that was just starting the task. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's like lowering the barrier to entry because yeah. it's like, like you say, it's not you sitting, opening a blank doc and looking at the cursor flash. It's like yeah. there's something there and yeah. you can now your job is to respond to that thing. You're like, I like that sentence. I don't like that sentence. That yeah. works, that doesn't, like that's so much. And I think especially, you know, part of the whole like reason that we get people to do that is the like that discomfort that that comes, we don't do it just to make them uncomfortable, but the the interesting things that it, it says about us and how we view ourselves, how uncomfortable it can be reading things that we've written about ourselves that are really, really exist to tell people like how great we are at mm-hmm. stuff. So I think for like for that as well, that particular application was so great because it takes some of the ick out of it because yeah. it, it, even though like you are giving it, like you are feeding it the thing and it's coming back, it feels like now someone else has written it and you're just editing yeah. their work yeah. rather than you being like, just be doing an accomplished <laughs> illustrator, blah, 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 blah. Accomplished. Accomplished. Someone called me that this week That's and I so loved nice. it. <laughs> I love it because it feels almost quite Victorian. Accomplished. She's an it's accomplished nice cellist. Accomplished. I'm like, what did she accomplish? Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's a nice word, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I was quite chuffed. <laughs> to be called accomplished at I something. S- I still haven't actually been on Chat GPT. A friend, um, do you know Jeff? Jeff the Pef? Yeah, amazing, amazing illustrator. He was playing on it in the studio the other day and he was using it for kind of some conceptual illustrations just to, to, I think like more as an experiment. Mm. Um, And it was amazing, actually, the quality of metaphor that it was turning back. So I think he was, I think the client was doing a presentation and he needed to say, like, do some small illustrations to go with slides that would be like, you know, the usual kind of like agile teamwork uh, collaboration, like kind of concepts that then needed quite a metaphoric image. Yeah. And I think he'd put the word in and was like, what could I draw to illustrate this concept? Ooh. Yeah. And it was, it was honestly, it scared the shit out of me to be quite honest. Like, because I, th- I think also, I think he was very good at asking for the right thing. Like, I think he'd refined his yeah. question, but the suggestions were actually like really 
poetic and metaphoric and like high level. So it wasn't like, oh, what can I draw for teamwork? And it wasn't like, oh, a bunch of people giving a high five. Like it was quite evolved. Mm. I, I wish I could think of an example now, but I, I was, I was quite taken aback with actually like they were something I mean, somewhere insane, but there were loads that were really fucking good. And I often like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's, I'm so happy I found this like niche of illustration where, you know, clip art exists, but people hire us because we take a, a more nuanced, more metaphoric, more holistic view of these things. You can't just buy fucking stock images off the internet to illustrate a talk. You need yeah. a human there to filter it and, and like pick out meaningful ways to represent it. I was like, all right. But I, but you Ooh. hit on something there Ooh. with the like the way in which he was framing the yeah. questions, yes. right? So it's like it is it is kind of scary. I don't know. I have not completed any of my thoughts around any of this stuff because it's all so new and particularly when we get into things like mid-journey that are using actual like, you know, like artists' work that's mm-hmm. been sort of without um, permission kind of crowdsourced from the internet to create new things. I actually do not have not had time to when when I say I have not had time I don't mean like I'm in my busy schedule like (laughs) that enough time that this beat has been around has not passed for me to kind of work out exactly how I feel about it there's a really excellent um comic that I will share a link to by David Blumenstein who's a, a Melbourne artist like a really really awesome comics artist um exploring exactly this and it was one of the best things I've read on the subject when it this was like specifically around sort of like illustration and art and comics um because it's it's just genuinely an exploration like he and he spoke to a bunch of people from different sides of it so it's not a like um this is terrible, I will hear nothing else and, like, this is unfair to artists, shut it down, nothing. And it's definitely not like, oh, but there's so many opportunities. Like it's something sort of in the middle, like, and, again, the, like, the horse is bolted kind of thing, like, but this is happening, so now what? Anyway, it's a very kind of, it's a balanced, really interesting funny he's a smart guy he's a very fucking smart guy to see that and yeah and I think it is kind of to your earlier statement I just think it's so important to remember with this stuff that you you and again again like not you just me just one yeah like you don't have to have an opinion on these things yeah like we get to be engaged and curious and discovering in real time and there'll be great things there'll be less great things we'll we'll see as it unfolds yeah. and when we want to kind of think about it but it's like I don't know we don't have to have a fucking opinion on it like you don't like either you know we I can know. be okay we can yeah. we can just hold this space be like I, I like this is the problem with the internet <laughs> I think is that the internet wants you to have an opinion straight away about a thing and if you don't speak up about the thing then you're not supporting this or yeah, that or whatever no. or it's like well are you, are you on the right side of this thing. It's like, I don't, you need to fucking give me a minute. I don't know what I think yet. I have no idea what I think. And that's a position. That's like a, I think there's a difference between I don't know because I've put my head in the sand and I can't be fucked to engage with difficult things. Yeah. That's not great. I'm not advocating for that. But the other version of that is like, I don't know can be an intellectual position, which is like, I am standing here and I am asking questions and I'm curious and I'm trying to listen to as many different pieces of this. And my position is that I don't know. And that's like a generative, healthy 
place to yeah. be. Yes, I agree entirely. I think, and, and this is like a, a cop out thing to say that you say about all new technology. It's not really a cop out because it is true. The fact that there will always be opportunities and challenges yeah. with any of this stuff. Um, but I think to just come from a place of fear or um, or feeling like something is unfair. But, uh, you know, I understand it too. It's not like there's parts of me that isn't like, oh, fuck, like, <laughs> is this a robot coming for my job? But people have also been saying that forever, yeah. for fucking ever. So, you know, like the printing press didn't make us all idiots, for example. Like, you know, there's yeah. just, I think it's it's good to to take a, a minute while also not being like, it'll be fine. I'll just let this happen. And then being, you know, fucking blockbuster video or whatever. Are you in general an early adopter or a late adopter? Oh, that's a good question. I wouldn't say, what are they, what's the one after early adopter, like early joiner or something? You know, there's like a timeline. Oh, like a spectrum of like, yeah. is, it, is this the one where it's like you see one guy, is it the video the, of the, the dancing on the yeah. hill? Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell we work in uh, corporate <laughs> workshops? For anyone who it hasn't seen it, it's a great video. Yeah. And for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's like a, it's a corporate favorite when they're talking about, um, I guess like the power of a crowd and leadership, yes. but there's like, it's footage of some dude at a festival and he's just like, people are sitting on a hill. They're all chilling. They're hanging out. One dude just stands up and he's like dancing. He's jamming. He's having the best time. He looks insane. Yeah. But he doesn't give a shit. And then eventually like someone stands up and joins him. Yeah. And then there's kind of like a third person and then a fourth and a fifth are kind of like, yeah, it looks fun, funny. They stand up and jump in. And this there's kind of this ripple effect and like it, it gains this momentum and by the end of it, the whole, everyone on the hill is like standing, dancing. Yeah. And then you look silly if you're not standing yeah. and dancing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I'll find a, I'll find a link to it and share it. It is a really good video, but I would say I'm probably like somewhere in the middle, I would say like to, to the slightly to the earlier side than the later side, but definitely not like, I want to see a couple of other people dance first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair, I mean, is dancing fair. is a bad example because I will dance alone on a hill any day of the week. In that specific. Uh, yeah. I think it depends what it is though too because technology is not like my thing. It's not something that I'm scared of. Like, oh, I don't know how it works. Like I don't know how it works, but I don't know how anything works. It's, But it's definitely not something that I have like a – a deep natural understanding of all really excitement about either. Yeah. So it's much more utilitarian for me when I think about like how I use technology in my work and life. It's like it's serving a purpose. Like I, I would be unlikely to get excited about a new type of phone or AI or whatever um, but when I can see the application for it, yeah, okay. which means that someone else has already kind of like tested the water a bit, yeah. that's when I'd be like, oh, cool, like this is something that could help me. Whereas I think other people for for whom that is their world, they're like, oh, this is exciting. There's yes. a new thing I want to play and see it's what It's like it does. innovation for innovation's sake. Like for some people yeah. the very fact of newness is exciting. Yeah. And for some people it's like new is cool but it's new in terms of, yeah, like how does it solve a problem I have? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In this context. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I've, it's a thing I've realized about myself that I try correct for, but I'm definitely, I would say I fall into like a late, late adopter, mm-hmm. especially with tech stuff. But um, <laughs> like famous, I'm just so bad at knowing 
when any tech thing is actually going to be good that I've had to learn to like not trust my knee jerk response to it like I remember oh, my, that's interesting I remember my friend getting an iPod the first time and I literally was like <laughs> that'll never take off I, li- I, was like, I was like I've got an mp3 player like why would I want that <laughs> um I've got a Walkman so yeah I'm like we've solved for this like <laughs> she's like you can play like a thousand songs on it I was like a thousand there aren't even a thousand songs <laughs> I don't know a thousand songs you're being stupid honestly like almost at every single point at every like iPads I was like that is fucking bullshit like who would want that that's crazy what's the point I was like so we've got screens I'm like it's my lap I've got a laptop Mm. so yeah I've learned I've learned that that's my knee jerk and and that to not trust it wow what an interesting thing (laughs) I kind of to learn yeah Yeah. like I feel the resistance and then I'm like stop breathe look around maybe this is helpful like yeah what's just me doing Uh, not sure that that's the best yeah but I think the other thing about like all of the like from early adopter through the middle to late adopter there's no like all of those people are needed to be on that spectrum do you know what I mean there's no like better place you're not like cooler if you're the early adopter than a late adopter you know there would be pros and cons of being anywhere along that spectrum you miss uh, like it's gonna cost you on both sides like the guys who just early adopt anything because it's new are gonna waste a lot of time and money on shit that's just a bad idea yeah late adopters are gonna miss the advantages of a new innovation for ages also it's a thing I've realized if I look at any of my career things career choices which are like illustration drawing calligraphy tattoo to a degree these are all like very old technologies mm. like all of them I so I'm, I was true. thinking that about the tattooing thing the other day I was like this is I mean you can tweak you can tweak the tools to a degree but essentially like the technology is a sharp object will penetrate your skin and put ink in yeah really that's it yeah <laughs> I um well, I think that that suits you beautifully. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. I know, I'm like, this, I hope this comes out as the compliment that it's intended. <laughs> <laughs> My old granny soul. Your old soul. Yeah, your beautiful old soul. Thanks, love. Remember but, last week we were talking about you and your young, your baby soul. My brand new soul, yeah. I was like, what? I feel <laughs> This is amazing. <laughs> I've been thinking about that quite a lot, actually, just holding the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely haven't done this before. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, darling, well, it's time to to go and celebrate your beautiful old soul and my stupid baby soul. Yeah. Because it's your fucking birthday and you got shit to do, girl. I got so many Ferrero Rochers to eat this afternoon. I'm very fucking, I need to leave immediately. Well, I love you. Love you dearly. I love Miss you, Alice Beattie. Happy thank birthday. You, as always. And happy birthday for last week. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, hey, come to our fucking live show. We, if uh, for those who follow us on Instagram at Imposter Pod, if you don't, you should for excellent cake content because we ran a little, uh, a little comp last week as promised following our chat about the Women's Weekly Birthday Cake Book, which I, oh, I bought a copy for you, Alice. Oh my <laughs> God, amazing. <laughs> I mean, this this content was, pre- listen, in terms of, I don't love the word content, but I'm using it. Did this content go viral? 
in a small way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some viruses. <laughs> <laughs> some viruses end in pig cakes. And that's the lesson that we've oh learned. Oh, my God. What a little teaser. There's going to be a pig cake at our live show. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's not a euphemism for something else. Earlier when I got here, Jasmine's like, we're making a pig cake. <laughs> like, I don't. I'm like, Ew. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sorry. but I, I realized in talking about it. Um, oh, and we've also announced our first special guest, Sarah Firth, who is an amazing, speaking of amazing comics artist, yeah. she is absolutely Fuck, incredible. She's so good. She's about to um, release her very first graphic novel, which is, she's been working on it for like seven years. It's incredible. She's it's so yeah, smart. She's so smart. <laughs> and fun and funny and just an all round a plus human being, but was talking to her about pig cake, um, and uh, I don't know, saying something along the lines of like, like basically like, are you guys going to be okay with making pig cake? <laughs> I think in a roundabout way, and I was like, the great thing is, even if we fuck it up royally it's great com- like comedy value. So we yeah. win either way. Either we get an excellent pig cake or we get a pig of a pig cake and we win either way. All pig cakes. You get the pig cake that you need, <laughs> right? You get the pig Namaste. cake you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay, bye. I love you. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening to the Imposter Syndrome Club. Please follow us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're feeling extra kind, rates and review. Or if you got any insights or value from this, share with a friend. You can also find us on Instagram at ImpostorPod or online at ImpostorSyndromeClub.com.